You're listening to the Vic 757 Podcast featuring Dwight and Michael Vic talking all things tech. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Vic 757 Show, talking all things tech, season two. Season two. We're, we're back at it, man. I'm your host, Dwight Vic, former all-conference Big East offensive lineman and captain, also with the legend. Too many icon adjectives to describe you because the GOAT, MV7, Philadelphia oh, Eagles, Atlanta Falcons legend. But we'll get into more accolades throughout the season. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, cuz it's good to see you, and it's good to be back for season two, like you said. Like, I'm excited for this year. Starting with week one, and uh, let's get it. You know. Yeah, you man. Know. Yeah. Yeah, you looking good with the V7. I got to get some more. Shanice took my uh-huh. V7. It, it, I got to get some more. coming your way. It's something coming your way. Actually, I couldn't find my VT hat, and I didn't want to wear it because I was worried about the white contrast and the black. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, nah, that's what's up, man. No, it's always okay, man. It's good to see you as well, man. And I'm glad we're hosting this thing together, man. Um, want to shout out our, our sponsors. We're going to have a lot more sponsors this year. But once again, we're sponsored, like last year, by Alexandra Restaurant Partners. Shout out to Wynn Sheridan. Great dude. Mike put me shout on to the Wynn, man. Great, great Hokey. Great man. Great Hokey yep. alum. Yes. He's showing love again. And Alexandra Restaurant Partners with sponsors the show and our segment with Hokey Trivia. We're going to do that again. We're also going to have Noakes Noakes here in a few minutes. Danny Noakes is joining us again for season two. And a very special guest is jumping on after the Hokey legend that played with both Mike and I that a lot of fans are going to be looking forward to who haven't heard from him in a long time. But, Mike, our Hokies are back at it, man. We had a up-and-down season last year. We talked about yeah. it throughout the show. Um, Fuente is gone. His whole regime is gone after six years. Started off with um, a 10-win season, won the Coastal, lost to Clemson the following year, won nine games, finished the season wreck, uh, ranked, excuse me. But then after that, the ship started to sink a little bit. The following year, they won eight won games. And then after that, it just the last three seasons before he was let go just wasn't what we were used to and expected of Tech football. Yeah. Now a new regime begins with Brent Pop. you know. Yeah, I'm excited for Brent. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I know – you played with him, and Corey's about to join the show. He played with him, and y'all know him personally, and, and I, I figured y'all would have a lot of intel in terms of, you know, what this season could potentially look like. But I know he has y'all support. He has my support. And it's always good when you're starting something new. Uh, I'm excited. And, and our fan base should be excited. We don't know what type of system we're going to run offensively, what type of defense we're going to be running. Special teams, everything is up in the air, so I can't wait to see what, you know, comes out of, uh, you know, this 2022 season, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, Brent Pryor was there uh, three years with me, right before you got there. He was there okay. right when the lunch pail was invented, but Foster became the coordinator in 95. He was a grad assistant. He coached some 95, 96, and 97, and he went on to coach. And then he eventually, before he came into Virginia Tech, he was a defensive coordinator at Penn State. Did some great okay. jobs recruiting, especially because he was known for yeah. when he was at Penn State for recruiting. He was down our way. Yeah, he was taking all the players 
He knew where to go. VA. Yeah, he did know where to go. And subsequently, Penn State became a big-time power, you know, right there yeah. with Ohio State and the Michigan in the Big Ten. Yeah. So he's trying to give us that same they, energy, man. Well, yeah, well, they've been a big-time power. He just was an additive. He was just somebody who came down right. there and he, he yeah. talking and talking. He done, he got experience and he was able to pull some of them players, you know, into Pennsylvania, which was a great thing. And I expect the same thing. I expect him to duplicate that in the 757 area along with the help of a lot of alumni who can help uh, build this program back up to power where we know it should be and the standards it should be in. Yeah, no, no. I'm excited, man. We got a, um, our first game. It's Friday in a few days. Yeah. Uh, as we record this He's show, back. the game is back. It's on the road at ODU. Um, you know, a lot of tech fans, it's mixed. It's, it's caution, optimism. Like, a lot of tech fans are like... For what? Well, because a few years ago, if you remember, <laughs> you know, under the Fuente area, we went down there, man, we were ranked 13. We had just beaten Florida State on the road, and we go down there, and I we're ranked 13. That. And ODU beat us by 14. It was okay. another major upset. Let me tell you what I remember about that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Hello, <laughs> cuz. You mean to tell me that we lost the old Dominion a couple years ago? Yeah, so you were doing your stuff with yeah, Fox. I wonder why we, we got a new coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, well, yeah. We got a new coach. You sound but, like but, a lot of guys on Twitter. And for everybody who heard us just have that little laugh amongst us, it's, not, it's really not funny. Let's take care of business this weekend, Tech. Let's go, baby. Let's get it in. <laughs> yeah, we do need to take care of business, man. The good thing about the beginning of the season is, you know, ODU and Tech, they both have confidence. It's the first game of the season. It's not a conference game. It's the other conference game. But for Virginia right. Tech fans and the Brent Pryor coaching staff, we want to make sure – I know they want to make sure – excuse me, they get off to a great start, man. Um, yeah. In a few minutes, I'm getting ready to um, add Danny in here. But before we um, bring him on for his Noakes Noakes segment, um, you know, Mike, I know a lot of – you have a lot going on, man. You know, there was a lot of breaking news going on. You signed with the NIL company, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, because, you know, when you and I played, I've been asked on all the radio shows I get on, how much would your cousin have made if NIL was out back in the 90s and early 2000s? And I'm like, yeah, it would have been crazy. But you do have that going on for you, right? Yeah, because I mean, I think it's just a great opportunity for these young men and women to be you know, looked at in, in a different light. And now, you know, at, a, at an early age, at an earlier age, they can be compensated on a small scale for what they're going to try to bring to a, a, a collegiate team, you know, whether it's, it's football, basketball, field hockey, anybody is eligible for NIL deal in their own space. And um, it's just to give the kids incentive and initiative to come out and be their best and play their best. And I respect that part of it. And, you know, I think it's more so about giving them enough to do something or opportunity to do something both and, not en not enough to do nothing. And that's my biggest concern. You know, we're not going to set the bar so high that, you know, a kid coming in, especially if Virginia Tech is involved in the process and they have some type of dealings or business, you know, going on in the NIL space. We want to make sure that, you know, we bring these kids in and everything is still incentivized. You know, you're going to get an opportunity to be sponsored and be branded, which is a great thing. But, you know, Everything is incentivized. Incentivized. Got to give you enough to do something and not nothing. Stay hungry. I love it. I love it, man. 
I just, I just, I'm happy for these youngins. I'm glad they get a chance to make money off their name, image, and likeness. I'm, right. I'm a little jealous because I Me mean, too. I just think about the sponsors we could have had, and TikTok wasn't out, Instagram uh, wasn't out. Man, we didn't have anything. We would have ate. Oh yeah, we would have definitely. I definitely would have found some people in the Berg and Christiansburg to link up with, man. <laughs> but um, with no other delay, back on the show is my good friend. My young G, my co-host of the Victory Life Legacy podcast, and 1067's own Danny Noakes, man, with his Noakes Noakes segment. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing good, gents. What's going on? We ready for a little hokey What's football? Up? We got a game to talk about this week. Finally, yeah, bro. man. Right we, Finally. That's why we. That's why we bring you in. Give us the insight. <laughs> I got it for you, man. Yeah, I trust yeah. me. It's been a fun. Yeah. It's been a fun off season. I got to call the spring game this year, so I'm ready to rock yeah. and roll. I'm sure you guys are too. Uh, yes, right. yeah, we are. Yeah, you uh, you called the game with the legendary Bill Roth, right? No, Mike Burnup. Uh, Mike nice. Burnup. Mike yeah. Burnup. Shout Burnup. out to Burnup. Shout out to Mike Burnup. We go way back. Still killing yeah. it. Still yeah, killing still it. Killing and it. Yeah. and Dwight, Bill was just a uh, maybe a couple of doors away that day because he was doing the game on the ACC network. So and and he'll be back in the booth all season long. From the blue waters of the Chesapeake Bay to the hills of Tennessee, he, I I hope we all get to hear that when the broadcast opens at ODU yes, on Friday. Yeah, nice, you know what? Nice. You know what, Danny? Um, it's great that you said that because it seems like tech football. I mean, we know about the other programs. The basketball has a great coach in Mike Young, but it seems like tech football is getting back to their roots. They just announced they're going to bring the lunch pail back after you know being gone a few years. Um, Pry, who was at Tech, you know, as a grad assistant, he was there three years with me and all the other guys that were there during that time. And then on top of it, you have J.C. Price, you have Pearson Prelo, Xavier Deby's on the staff, Kavea Winslow, all those guys. Oh, the DB on the staff? Xavier mm-hmm. Deby's back on the staff, right, man. Right. So, yeah. I expect and them to get some sacks this year. Yeah, That's and right. we expect Sack to get the quarterback. <laughs> but, um, Danny, you know, let's be honest. You know, you and I have our side show outside of the Vic 757 show we do, and I've been on your your station uh, for appearances on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., we've talked about the caution, the caution optimism we have as well as the apprehension because under the Fuente era alone, we lost to ODU and Liberty, mm-hmm. uh, two of the worst losses in program history. But Pry has brought a new energy, recruiting the state hard, got some great coaches. What are you wanting to see on Friday night when we go down the road? What are you thinking about? What do you, what do you want to see from the Hokies? Well, I want to see a win first and foremost, right? I think we all want to see that. And and we know that that doesn't necessarily come easy when you go over there to, to Norfolk and play ODU. At, at least it wasn't under Fuente. And you mentioned both ODU and Liberty, Dwight. And we get to go play both of those games on the road this year. And let me tell you something, that should never ever be the case we should never be traveling to play programs like that but I do want to see a win and we all want to see a win but I'm really interested to see how coach prize operation looks under the lights the first time that we're going to get to see his coaching staff and his players on the sideline we're going to get to see how they open a game whether it's the offense or the defense that goes out there first what's the energy like right Sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes because it was pretty frequently under Justin Fuente, those guys would not come out ready to play. They were, they were flat, there was little energy, and it would take them a quarter or two, a lot of times a full half, right, to, to really get going before they, they seemed like they were really into the game. So I'm ready to see what, what Coach Pry's been talking about, and there's been, there's been a lot of positive, and deservedly so, a, a lot of positive conversation around the program this offseason. There's a lot of palpable hype. And 
I think that's deserved. Brent Pry, like you said, Dwight is a guy that, you know, was here watching and helping build that lunch pail defense, that mentality, that brand. He was he was boots on the ground with you guys in Blacksburg. So that's all well and good. But now it's time to step between the lines, right? And all this talk, all this positivity is great, but it doesn't mean anything if they don't win games. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting them to go out and I'm expecting to see a sharp performance, right? I know that there's certainly going to be kinks that they need to work out, but you know, this is a team that they should beat by three touchdowns. That's really how I feel about this game. I agree. I'm, gl- I agree. I'm glad you was adamant about that, Danny. And I'm glad you just got to it. Like th- three touchdown lead. Three touchdown, four touchdown lead. It should always be a deficit. We should always be up. And I'm going to tell you what I expect. I expect Mm -hmm. us to come out and look good and dominate because it's very important to look good and and play in in, in extreme fashion because we're down in this 7-5-7. Everybody's going to be watching. You know, all eyes on us. And, you know, we got to perform. We got to put up and we got to show out. I think yeah. it's very important because of the environment that, that we're in. We play ODU we're on the road in Norfolk. We're in the 757. We're going to get a collective group. We're going to get a big group. We have a lot of kids, and all eyes going to be on us. So, look, better, wear the best road uniforms. We need to be looking good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what channel we're going to be on or what station. I don't know either. I got to find what channel we're on. I, 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 ESPNU. I it don't even matter. It's oh, for us ESPNU. right there. ESPNU. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, ESPNU. That'll work. <laughs> But mm-hmm. for that whole that just that area, the melting pot that we in right there, that's the seven cities, we got the shine, baby. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and Danny, um, with that being said, man, you know, um one thing I mentioned, um, I might have been on your show mm-hmm. or um on another show I may have done is that ODU a few weeks before the season gets ready to kick off, they lost their offensive coordinator. Um, And and one thing that I think is working in our favor is the new quarterback, Grant Wells, Mm -hmm. um, who is the transfer from Marshall, had a great spring, had a great summer and put up some major numbers at Marshall, who played ODU last year, beat them. I think he threw about three touchdown pass, a game winner um, is playing them again. And more importantly, um, he's coming into a situation where he's expected to perform well. You saw him in person in the spring when you called the game. The quarterback position, obviously, we've had some great ones with, obviously, my cousin and Tyrod and Brian Randall and Maurice Shazo and Jim Drunkenmiller, Al Clark. The quarterback position for Tech, I've always felt is the most important position because in the years we've done very well, we've had great quarterback play. Um, what are your impressions of Wells when you saw him and, and even since that game, the spring game? What do you think about him? Yeah, and I've gotten that question a lot, Dwight. And when it comes down to it, my first takeaway from that spring game was that Brown did not have the same offensive line that Grant Wells did in front of him because Brown was just running for his life for that entire spring game. It was a very lopsided spring game, but I really liked what I saw from Grant Wells. Didn't turn the ball over. That was definitely one of the concerns coming over from Marshall. His turnover numbers were a little bit elevated, and I'm going to get back to that because I think that that's one of the keys for his own individual success this year, as well as the team success. Don't turn the football over. It's pretty obvious, but when it comes to his intangibles and whatnot, the guy's basically got two full years of starts under his belt already, even if it wasn't Marshall. And to me, just looking at it on paper, that immediately stood out. No, he didn't go to South Carolina like Brown did and, and start a few games in the SEC. But having been under center, having been the man and having led his team for essentially two years, 
before coming over to the ACC and playing at Virginia Tech. I think that's very valuable. And you look at some of his numbers that he put up there at Marshall. He's not afraid to throw the ball around. I mean, he's certainly no freak athlete when it comes to his mobility or or his arm strength. He's not going to blow you away with any of that. But I think he has a very good chance coming into a league where Let's be honest, there's there's not a lot of great defenses. There are some good defenses, but there aren't a lot of great ones. If you just limit your turnovers, your Grant Wells, and that's what Brent Pry's been saying that he's done well over the last couple of weeks specifically, is he has limited his turnovers. Um, I, that's that's the first and foremost key that he needs to, to focus on. And, and I think as long as he does that, the rest will take care of itself because their ability to run the football, I think, will be improved. We'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how they come about that. But I think Wells, you saw the connection with Caleb Smith in the spring game. I like the fact that he's the guy that they're going with. Yeah. Hey, Dan, real, real quick, by you calling the spring game, you had having a chance to analyze the whole team, top to bottom, quarterback to free safety. Where do you think we're the strongest at position-wise? Well, we can be dominant. Like we go, if we play a team, we play ODU, we play a team next week, we know our linebackers are going to dominate. We know our offensive line is going to dominate. Did you see anything that gave you an indication of we're going to be real good in this, at this position uh, right here? And, and start well, now. At least start yeah, now. That's a good question, Mike, because I, looking at the captains that this team has selected, right, it seems like they've got one guy from pretty much all of the major units on, on both sides of the ball. Okay. So Dax Hollifield is one of those guys. He's the, he's going to head up the linebackers, right? And I, I'm really excited to, to see what the linebackers can do. You know, Dax is a guy that has been playing a lot throughout his entire career. And okay. he's he's faced some criticisms too. You know, there he certainly has been far from perfect sometimes. He he gets caught up in the in just the, you know, when it, when a running play bounces outside, he gets caught up in the middle of it. Can't make yeah. the pursuit Caught a watch ends up and yeah, ends up being a, a, a being busted open for a big play. Um, so they're, you know, they've got, they've got some guys and I, I wanted to pull up the depth chart here. So it's in front of me right now because Keyshawn artist is a guy that's going to come in. He's not necessarily a starter, but he'll come into situations and he's a veteran like Dax. And I think that they'll rely on him a lot. Keontae Jenkins okay. though, is, is a guy at the, at the, I think he's playing the Sam position this year, um, mm-hmm. who we've heard a lot of really good things about. So looking at the strengths of the team, I think you would definitely have to go to the defensive side of the ball. And I, I would look at the linebackers, maybe the defensive backs. The thing is, I think the best player on this team as we come into the season is probably Shamari Connor. And okay. he's, a, he's another guy that has played a lot leading up to this season. And he's you've seen flashes of him. You've seen him make some great plays. He is not afraid to stick his nose in there and make tackles. Not to mention he he flies right. around the football too. So that's and he good. was awarded the lunch pail. He was awarded the lunch pail. He was pail awarded Pearson. the lunch pail. And I oh, think nice. I I think he's wearing 25 on Friday. I could be wrong about that. Mm. I think he was the first guy that got the 25. Um, because they're they're still honoring Coach Beamer. But he also like Dax, sometimes you know, you get caught looking, they're not because they're they're not the fastest guys out there, you know, they're, they're good athletes. They're, they're good players for Virginia tech, but if you're caught, caught out of position, this is a league where not, unless you're a freak, like, you know, yeah. some of the players that we see at Clemson, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, you're, 
then it's going to be it's going to end up being a touchdown on the, if you're on the right. defensive side of the ball. So, um, right. you know, Taiwan Garbit is another guy to look out for on, on the defensive end at, at that position. So, um, strongest group. What, yeah, what about I, the what about the corners? What about the the secondary? Yeah, you know, I I mean, Connor is is a guy that you're going to see at the safety position, and he's okay. going to be expected to lead that group. Uh, now, playing opposite of him, Nasir Peoples, another redshirt senior, they have a lot of veteran leadership back there, and okay. I think for for Brent Pry, that's both that's a, a blessing. Thing. It's a it's a blessing that's for a sure. Thing. Because you have those, you have them to kind of lead and and help install the the new defensive playbook that you have to assume that he's right. putting in there. Um, and and now Coach Pry will get the chance to mold some of his younger players. And so at the cornerback position, I, I'm actually a little bit worried about the depth. Uh, Armani Chapman will be there. Breon Murray, Elijah Howard are some other corners that that uh, that's their starting three right there. But I, I am concerned about the depth, and it all and it seems like there's always some injuries at the, at the cornerback position for Virginia tech. So fingers crossed that none of that happens. We need that health. Uh, But the the corners would, would be a spot where I'm a little bit concerned about the depth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, I just uh, got this last question. We always appreciate you jumping on. You'll be on weekly like you were at season one, but when you look at Virginia tech this year, obviously I think right now, last I checked, we were favored eight and a half, nine points. Um, Vegas has this, you know how that goes. Um, but with that being said, I agree with you and, and, and Mike. This is a game Virginia Tech should win despite in years past and all that nonsense. I do believe this team knows what to expect. I know last year ODU, like us, went 6-6. Six and six. They were up and down. But I believe they had the 95th or the 100th ranked secondary. Just wasn't a strong team. But with that being said, big picture. We're going to have a lot to, to build on after this week one. What is your – what is your 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 outlook for Virginia Tech football? We love the energy prize bringing. They got the new offensive coordinator, Tyler Bowen, who I knew before he came. He was at Jacksonville Jaguars with my guy, Ty mm-hmm. Washington. He's calling plays. You got Chris Marv. You got a guy we hosted on our podcast, Coach DJ. A lot of energy and optimism. A lot of guys familiar with winning championships, but coaches coach and players play. There are a lot of winnable games with Virginia Tech this year on the schedule. What is your outlook? What are you seeing? Seven, eight wins? You know, Miami's picked to win the Coastal. Pitt lost 25 seniors from last year. Carolina gave up almost 40 points to Florida A&M. Their secondary still seems to be an issue, their defense, but they got a good young quarterback. This is a winnable division, but we're talking yes. tech, talking all things tech. What's your outlook right <laughs> now with tech? Well, I basically break the schedule down in, into three segments, my guys. And it, it starts with this first four games. And Dwight, this is exactly what I said to you when we were doing our segment last week on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. The first four games are going to tell us all we need to know about this team because you should at the very least start three and one, if not four and oh. You've got an, a winnable game at ODU. It's on the road to open the season, sure. But there's no legitimate reason you could give me for Virginia Tech losing that game without there being immediate panic. <laughs> that would just not be good. And I don't expect that yeah. to happen, by the way. Yeah. So be optimistic. You, yeah, and, and I expect them to win this game. I think they'll do it handily. And if they get up by, you know, 20 points like we were talking about, Mike, I think they'll pull the, the you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pull the starters and, and probably yeah. just kind of coast through the fourth quarter. But game two, you get you got your ACC home opener against Boston College. Another winnable game, a, a team that's going to be picked to, that has been picked to finish towards the bottom of the ACC. Then you get Wofford. Okay, you should just chalk that one up as a win too. Yeah. Now, week four, West Virginia, 
Mountaineers are coming to Blacksburg this year. Who knows what's going to happen, right? That's a rivalry game that has has been dormant for so long. You you two know it as well as anybody. Yep. But that's a game that I'm going to say at home. I don't know if Virginia Tech will come into it favored, but they're going to have a very good chance to win that game. And considering okay. they were goal line incompetence away from punching in a touchdown in the final seconds against West Virginia last year for a should've win, should have won. I'm going to say that there should probably be a similar result, a similar buildup to the game this year. The middle four games, very difficult because you're going to play North Carolina, who's maybe the weakest of these four teams. But then you're going to play the reigning ACC Coastal Champs in, in Pittsburgh. And the Panthers bring back a lot of guys. Yeah, Kenny Pickett's gone, but that's a good defense. Narduzzi knows how to, how to bring that, that hard-nosed mentality. That's going to be a tough game to win. I, I don't necessarily think that the Hokies will come away with it. Then you get Miami a rejuvenated, and they say that every time they get a new head coach, Miami program. Mario Cristobal comes down there, and I think that he's a great fit, but we've said that about other guys too, and and even in years like, I believe it was 2017 when Miami did win the ACC Coastal, their only time winning the ACC Coastal. They still got beat in the ACC Championship game by Clemson, and, uh, and they quickly fell off the next year. So, We'll see what happens with Miami, another rivalry game. But then you get NC State, and NC State is maybe the only team that people truly believe can challenge Clemson for the ACC yeah. championship. And those two teams will play in the Atlantic at some point. Uh, so that that stretch of four games is is the hardest stretch by far that Tech is going to go through all season long. But those are the games that we got to win. Those are the games that we got to win. Eventually, those were the difference and, those, were the, well, those were the difference making games that we played in the white that we pulled out and we won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those ones where it was borderline, you had to have that optimism. <laughs> yes, it's it's a little it's a little scary, and, and some of these teams are the inferior of those guys, but mm-hmm. these are the games that we gotta pull out, the NC States, the West Virginias. In order to compete at the end, I think, Danny, I don't mean to cut you off, but I had to say no. No, yeah, no, you're, no, you're good. You're right. Yeah, and you got to win them, man. We got to get them. They got to get back to that point, right? Lane Stadium needs yeah. to become a place that opponents fear again. It's just not anymore. They, they yeah. haven't been as successful. Miami will be in Blacksburg this year, so, so that is something to look at. Mm. Now, your last four games are Georgia Tech, Duke, Liberty, and Virginia. And I find that to be another very winnable stretch of games, right? There's no way. Got to go to Liberty, but there's no way that you should be losing to Liberty, right? So I'm talking (laughs) that one up. Got to go to Liberty. (laughs) And both Duke and Georgia Tech are... I mean, what what else needs to be said? They're just not very good. Duke just replaced their head coach. Coach Cutliffe. They just replaced their head coach. So uh, I I like the way it's Got to be careful, though. Coach Cutliffe is offensive-minded. So he is. Careful he's gone. He's gone. Oh, he's oh he's gone. Yeah, he's said we replaced it. Yeah, they they got. Oh, they, okay. I think they parted great. ways. I can't remember if he was let yeah. go. Or, yeah, okay, but they parted plus. ways. Yeah, that's it's a plus. huge plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And and so I just I, I'm I'm looking at eight wins. Eight wins is is right about where I'm at. Right. If it's the 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 winnable stretch of four yeah. games at the start, the winnable stretch at, at of four games at the back. I don't think it'll happen that way. They'll probably lose one game that they shouldn't lose. But then maybe they'll win one or two games that they sh- weren't necessarily right. picked to win. I, I could yeah. see the season going several ways, but I- I'm looking at about eight wins for, and and that's maybe the more optimistic side. I don't think yeah. they'll win less than seven. How about that? All right, nice. 
We appreciate you, Danny, man. As always, you brought the energy and also the great insight on Noakes Noakes, man. I appreciate it, man. Always insightful and on point with your assessment, man. So once again, Always prepared. Take care. (laughs) Are you going down to Norfolk or are you going to watch it in in 804 in Richmond? We'll we'll be watching here probably right here in the Dan Cave. You know, it's a pretty pretty sweet spot to watch. I'll have multiple screens going and whatnot. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on for another season. I'm pumped for it. We'll be breaking Hokies football down every week. Let's go get a win, man. All right, yes, boss. Sir, I'll see it. you, man. Thank you. Thank you again, Danny. We'll talk you to you soon. You got it. All right, guys. All right. See you later. That's Danny Noakes, my co-host right, of man. Victory Life Legacy Podcast and also does Radio 106.7 The Fan DC. Danny broke it down, man. That's Danny why I like him, man. But, but you're right, cuz. <laughs> you're right about we got to win those games. I know yeah. people talk about depth and this. I tell people, man, look, it's a mindset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Yeah, it's a mindset. It's being prepared and just, you know, that's why I'm really just excited about it. Friday. Yeah, yep. I want to get it. And, 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 and Pratt knows Pratt knows that. Think about when we was about to play Pittsburgh or when we was about mm-hmm. to play Boston College back when they was really good. They and had the Hasselback brothers and all of that. <laughs> yeah, even when even when Danny said we got to play BC week two, and it's a it's a game that we should win. I'm like, hold on, don't underestimate BC because they'll come in with a quarterback that's slinging it. Matty Ice style, you never know. So don't sleep. You feel me? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of that. But yeah, some games, some of these games, we gotta, like Danny said, we're gonna win some of them, we might lose one. We gotta, we gotta err on the side of winning more than losing. No, I'm with you, man. And I'm 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 really, I'm really excited to see what we're gonna see Friday, man, because Friday is one of those things, man, where it's not that many games on, and it's one yeah. of those things where we get a chance. I'm gonna be there with the fam. I'm gonna be in right. offer, you know what I'm saying? So I might I'm slide gonna, in. I don't know, man. I'm trying to let see me what's know. Going on. Let me know. We're gonna be down there, man. Let me know. I mean, hit pry up, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so, I mean, I we I mean, I was I had a situation I was working. I might, you know, I just I'm gonna walk through the gates, cuz for real. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna just walk through the gate. <laughs> we in the backyard. That's home. That's home. I can't exactly. get in the game at home. No but doubt, respect, man. Respect. Yeah, but look who is joining us, man. Our brother, one of the best to ever do it, man, Corey Moore, man. Two-time Big East player of the year to the 17-sack game record His uh, in the year 99 when y'all made that national championship run. Won every award a defensive player can win, but he was a stand-up dude. My brother, my locker mate, I was 57, he was 56. <laughs> Corey Moore is in the building, a.k.a. C. Murder. What's good? <laughs> What's Murder. Up, Man, this is this is a blessing for me and Mike, man. You know, first of all, you know, we played ball together. We had a Where lot of at? great times. Well, I can't see you. You can't Where see him? He up here? He's... You can't see him? Oh, man, see. You have a technical difficulty? Can you see him now? I can't I'm looking I at him. He looks good. <laughs> you can see me? Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See What's up, baby? What's Good up? See you. There you go. Corey, man. How you doing, boss? I'm doing great, guys. Man, no complaints here. Life's great. Yeah. yeah Where you living? I'm in uh, Lexington, Kentucky now. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I see him on Instagram, and he be getting fresh cuts and speaking <laughs> to people and mentoring. I said, man, Corey's still a model, man. A model <laughs> by day. He was model, a model and motivational speaker. Yeah, man. I love it, man. No, Corey, it's, it's great to have you on, man. You are a fan favorite. We're recording this now. We run it. We air on Spotify. We also going to be on um, the Vic Seven Five Seven YouTube channel. For those watching, make sure you check us out and subscribe. 
But Corey, it's an honor to have you on, man, because you don't really jump on too much stuff, man. Um, and this has been a great year for you. I recently saw a few months ago you've been nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame, man. Um, what does that mean to you? Because I know you always credit you always credit your teammates, and you always would like about family. I mean, I love those years we had together, man. But what does that mean to you? I mean, you had a great time at Tech, but Nash College Football Hall of Fame, yeah. You know, I don't I don't put much into it. I think it's an honor, but to me it's 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 more speaks more to of the the team and the, the players that I play play with at Virginia Tech. Um I play with a good group of guys and I credit them. Great coaching. We went about it the right way. You know, we did things the right way. So, you know, I think it's an honor, but it's also more of a reflection of the the time of my time there, the guys that I played with. The work that we put in, um, the coaching staff, uh, Coach G and his staff. Um, so it's the honor. I think it's more so for. I mean, it'd be more of an honor for Virginia Tech um, than than me because you know me. I don't get into all the spotlights and awards and stuff like that. You know, I keep a I keep a very low well, profile. You know me. Yeah. Well, 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 we gonna put you on the spot today. We want to <laughs> know from one of Virginia Tech's all-time greatest defensive players. What you expect to see the Hokies look like this upcoming season, starting this Friday with Old Dominion? And like Dwight said, we haven't had a chance to speak with you over the last couple of years, but we want to know what the great Corey Moore got to say, what you've been seeing, and what you think could change moving forward. Gotcha. Well, you know, I kind of let me just let me just say this, and I may tick some people off, but you know, I'm known to do that when I do speak. Um, I was not happy with how. Uh, Coach Beamer exited the program. And so for the Tech fans that were so ready for Beamer to go, you got what you asked for. Um, I didn't agree with the Coach Fuente yeah. hire. Um, I'll just put it out there. So people ask me, well, why did you stay away from the program? If I don't support anything, I'm not going to fake support it. Like I, right. you know, come around like I really support it. Um, you know, I'd heard from guys that, uh, former teammates, that they weren't always – felt welcome there. But more importantly for me, from the outside looking in, we got away from what Virginia Tech was built on. So, and, and you know, talking to guys that I play with, because it's, it's a small group of guys that I keep in contact with, talk with, communicate with daily, you know. Brothers. Exactly. Um, they know how I feel about things and they know I don't go out spewing stuff, but trust me, I, I, I watch from behind the scenes. I was very displeased with the, the recruiting, um, just how about the overall management of the program. And for me, on the outside looking in, you get a – the AD bought this guy in, allowed him to do his thing. But to me, it was clear it was a disconnect between uh, Witt and Coach Fuente. And that, didn't, that, that would never work. When, when a AD brings you in to be his guy, but then you say, I'm going to run things like I see fit – you're not working together. That's never going to work. Yeah. And I got tired year in and year out seeing top guys from Virginia go to other programs and be a difference maker. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that you got to build a fence around your state and keep the top guys in your state. And Virginia, no matter what, anybody – football players and basketball players, you guys know that. Yeah. You, you, can, you, can blame, you can blame Coach Pryor a little bit for that. He was coming down to Virginia, taking the players to Penn State. But now he's with us. Now he's with us, thank God. He was. Right, right. He, he came was. back home. We blame you, Coach. 
it's, and, and it's all about it's all about relationships. And um, right, right, right. you know, when when you bring in outsiders that don't understand what it takes to recruit in the state of Virginia and the recruiting yeah. base and the fan base, you know, you suffer some ties. But like I said, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, but I just I right. will say this: I was not pleased how Coach Beamer was kind of pushed out during his tenure because. With all due respect, as a legendary coach that built that program, and it took time to build that program, uh, Dwight, I think right. you were there during some of them lean years. So, you know, I came, I came in right when, after. I came right after. Right. And I came when when things was, you know, hitting full throttle, you know. Um, the Sugar Bowl win and Cornell and JC and those guys and Drunken Miller and those guys. I came, like, right after that. So, Beamer was hitting his stride. And then, Mike, you got there. You kind of put us over the top. And then recruiting just kind of – took off after that but to see you know tech kind of lose his way and lose his relevance it's been very disappointing to me and then I tell the guys all the time if I'm a college kid and I'm seeing Clemson and Clemson South Carolina and top recruits going to Clemson over Blacksburg I'm questioning like what the hell is going on you know what I'm saying why can't yeah. we, why can't we get top talent to keep top talent yeah. in the state to come to Blacksburg like that I love Blacksburg I mean the times that I've been yeah. back it's grown it's still your typical college town. If I'm a if I'm a high school kid, top prospect, I'm coming there, spending three, four years there, and enjoying myself. But yeah. going to Clemson, and I'm not knocking Clemson. But you know, but, even but, to this day, I would much rather spend my time in Blacksburg but, and Clemson. But, but this what, but this is what people don't know, and this is what the recruits, young recruits moving forward in the future, gonna find out. We got one of the most amazing campuses in all of the NCAA. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt, I, no doubt. Pokey Stone, mm -hmm. new buildings, roads, bridges, you facilities. Name it, you and so I, I, I'm super. You asked about what my expectations are for this this season. I'm a little bit calm, but I'm super excited about the prospects of getting back to the things that build Virginia Tech: the lunch pail defense. Um, mm. You know, the the raucous crowd, people really supporting us. But more importantly, playing playing smart, tough football. I'll be honest with you, and I'm not knocking any other guys and any guys that are transferred out the program, but when you got kids every year that's transferring out your program, particularly kids that you recruited, that says something about you and your coaching staff. That's yes. just real. And yes, yes. Then, then, the, then the product that you're putting out on the field uh, of guys that you evaluated and recruited to the program um, not being committed to you, again, that says something about you and your coaching staff. I'm not throwing anybody on the bus. I'm not saying anything that you guys know. I won't say to anybody to their face. Mm -hmm. the last couple of years is just we hadn't been a talented team. You yeah, know, we yeah. were lucky to win some games and stay in the games and keep our bowl streak alive. But even that one season where we had to schedule that extra game just to get to a bowl, that was Marshall. Little, yeah, that was embarrassing. That that mm -hmm. was embarrassing. Yeah. You, know, you know, and let me let me step back a little bit. Just I don't because I don't want to be an insult the guys that's still on the team to say that we weren't a talented team. I, I, I didn't necessarily mean that we didn't have enough talent to match up and be relevant like some of the other programs. And that's a shame. And that speaks to, again, to that regime or whatnot and not understanding how to build a fence around the state and Virginia and keep the top talent in the state and not connecting with those high schools to develop those pipelines, continue those pipe pipelines that Coach Beamer um, developed. And I, and I think and I know uh, Coach Pride and the staff will get uh, back to that and start to keep some of those guys in state. And it's going to take a slow sure. process. Coach Coach Pride was there during those years when Tech was building up, and he knows what it takes. And And I think he's a good young coach. I kind of followed him, you know, as he went through the coaching ranks and his different stops and stuff like that. And Coach Pride was a GA 
You remember Vic when when, when yeah, I was there? Yeah. That 95, 96, 97, exactly. Prague was there. Exactly. <laughs> Started exactly. from the bottom. Yeah. 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 No, no. Corey, I'm glad that number one, I'm glad you're on. And you can speak your truth. Anybody we have on the Vic 757 show, they can speak their truth. And you have earned the right to speak your truth. I mean, listen, let's not get it twisted. If there's two people and there's others, you, Cornell Brown, JC, Mike, it's a lot of guys, Drakeford, that can speak their truth. So we, I appreciate it. And there are a lot of people, former players and alumni and fans that agree with you, which is why there's a lot of excitement and euphoria around this new regime, new staff. They got to win, but they understand the yeah. blueprint. With that being said, I want to, I want to, I want to take it back for a second because I love, I do a lot of radio and media, media stuff. You, we follow each other and I'm always running my mouth and I'm on stuff. But <laughs> Mike Mike jokes because my memory is crazy. But the one thing I loved about you is it wasn't just, you know, trying to block you on counters, you and Engelberger and Carl Bradley. It was more so we had a brotherhood, right? Like the yeah. offensive D line, we battled each other in middle drill, Coach Grimes versus Coach Wiles. <laughs> Before that, it was Coach Grimes versus... Uh, Grantham, and then you threw Stein Spring in when Grimes left. We used to battle, and you throw in Jamel and Pearson. It was a family, and then Mike and them came in, him and Emmett and Dre and TP. It was in Mookie. It was a great time. What do you remember? The fans want to know, and I want to know, you know, just curious. I know we still have our brotherhood, but as far as those times, because you went on to the league and you're doing great things post-graduating, but what do you remember about your time in Blacksburg? As a player, a teammate, what it just what comes to mind when you were a hokey back then? It was just for me. It was a, it was a fun time, and um, you know the practices was you know hard. We got after each other, um, but we took care of each other. And you knew, you know, off the off the field, like you know, we battled on the field, but off the field, we took care of each other. You know, nobody yes, else, sir, say, yes, or do anything to one of our brothers or whatnot. Um, but on the on the field, it was a battle. It was fun. The, the games were easy because the practices were the were the hardest uh, to to me. Um, but just you know the the friendships, the brotherhoods, um, whatnot, and then more importantly, I think that's missing to from today's game, like the relationships that you build with the coaches. I mean, the, you know those our coaches cut uh, coached our butts off, but they made her better player and better men, and you appreciated that. And now. You have to be very careful about some of these soft egos, weak-minded, uh, prima donna, social media star players now. Yeah, um, yeah. Come in, they expect to start, um, and particularly with this N N NL uh, NIL situation. Yeah, um, you got players making more than assistant coaches, so like it's almost like a farm league. So I'm making more than this assistant coach. Why would I listen to you? You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just different, but it was it was a fun time. Um, you know, it's always fun when you win it. And uh, yes, mm. well, I, yeah. it's all. Hey, look. Speaking of winning, we won so many games because one, you know, we got Corey, we got Corey on defense, we got Carl Bradley, we got Nate and Engelberger. And mm. <laughs> the one thing I will say is, I never really wanted to disappoint you, Corey. Like I felt like if I went into a game and I remember one game against Clemson. I was coming back off the injury. I hurt my ankle. And, and I was just out there and I was winging And we beat them 14-11 at home in Blacksburg. But you kept telling me, just keep playing, keep fighting. It was one of my – probably my worst game as, as a Hokie. But, you know, just to have you pushing me and to have that leadership, you just don't know what that meant 
to me, you know, just my ambition and not want my uh, being afraid to fail was something that there was just in me. And I just I didn't want to I didn't want to, you know, upset any of you guys. And I felt like walking around with them Dwight, Corey talking about how we protected each other. I felt like I had 24 hour security all the time. <laughs> Nate, Corey, <laughs> Nate, Engelberger, Tad Beasley, David <laughs> Pugh. Yeah, if you want to. And, and you know, even being, a defensive, to. even being a defensive lineman, I took it personal if our offensive line didn't protect you because I knew what we had in you. Oh, I knew you were the key to our to my senior season. And you know, you talk about letting not wanting to let me down. I felt like Vic in your senior year. We had the potential, and it was some games that we let our seniors down. And you remember that? I remember. I told y'all when we when we got to Music City Bowl to play Alabama. I told y'all we're gonna send y'all out with a bang because I mm -hmm. felt like that could propel us for the next year because I knew what we had coming back. Yes, um, yes. But I was disappointed that that your senior year, and so I wanted to make sure you know my senior year we regrouped and really bought it. And Vic, you were a special piece of that puzzle and a key piece of that puzzle. And I know you were injured at the beginning of the season, but I just felt like got to keep you in the game, got to keep you healthy, got to keep you protected because with you at quarterback, I just felt like our offense was going to be unstoppable. We had two stud running backs, uh, yep. experienced offensive line, and then just about everybody returning in the front seven on, on the defense. Yep. So I felt good about Amazing. going into my se senior season. No, oh, man, and that was – it was bittersweet for me because I left and I knew the, the previous year when Mike was shirting, red-shirting in 98, um, we lost to Temple being up 17-0, Syracuse up 21-3 or something like that, and also we lost to UVA 29-7. So, man. you know, ironically, the last time UVA won at Tech was that year in 98. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember doing an interview with the Collegiate Times and maybe the Roanoke Times, I remember saying – they're going to play for the national championship. I, I, I made a proclamation that Mike was going to be win the Heisman and they were going to play because I knew what you and Engelberger and those guys, you know, and even the old line with Matt Lair and Cadella and Josh and Keith Short. I just had no doubt. And I believe in the coaches. And, you know, who's to say you can't, you know, recapture that. But I think the one key thing you said, Mike and Corey, is the brotherhood we have is forever, but it was also understanding the thing about winning. I think one thing right. that's been lost, and I think Prime Pearson and JC are going to bring that back is culture, right? Exactly. Because right. we haven't played in years, but even after we left, Tyrod and Cam Chancellor and Jason Worlds and all those guys continue the legacy. I talked to a lot of guys that played 16 years after me. They were like, oh yeah, I know you, Big Vic. Yeah, we we know about you. That That's what got lost in this last regime. And so hopefully yep. I'm confident Pride will get us there, man, because it's not even just about, you know, culture and having these models and hashtags. It's about working hard and challenging each other. Mike, you mentioned yeah. I didn't want to let you guys down. I was a leader. But on top of it, man, them summers in the black in Blacksburg, they were fun at night on the weekends. But them summers. Yeah. Going oh, against yeah. oh my Look, god, Mike, Mike Mike Gentry once some had us flipping tires and pushing a truck in the field house, <laughs> and <laughs> then and then he got all the because the old line and D line and the linebackers worked out together. And yeah. I remember he put a big circle in the old practice field, and it was me, Carl Bradley, Corey, all the old linemen, big D Derek Smith, and we sumo wrestling. 
Yeah. And that's what made you mean. That's what made us mean. Yeah. See, we, I'm always going to say this and I tell everybody this, like, we practice with a purpose. You couldn't tell me that every guy out there practicing wasn't trying to practice to win the game next Saturday or Thursday and play on Sundays. That's, that's what it was all about. And I mean, whatever motivates you, whatever it takes, man, that was there. That was always present. That was the coolest part about playing with y'all, man. Y'all bring that intensity every day to practice. Yeah, I don't – and I played against some great guys and Vonnie Holiday and Greg Ellis, and I went against uh, my guys at West Virginia Thornton and, and Gary Stills and all those guys. But yeah. I will tell you, I played against two of the best defensive lines in college football history in 95 on a daily basis with Hank and Cornell and J.C. and Jeff Holland and all those guys, Waverly. And then I turn around, they leave, and for what do I get rewarded with? Corey. Engelberger, <laughs> it just called Bradley. Call Bradley, and it was just like Nate, big Nate, you know, walking around scaring people because Nate didn't yep. smile, you know. So. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I love it, man. Um, so Corey, we getting ready to jump into hokey trivia, sponsored by Alexandria Restaurant Partners. Have you heard about this segment? I know you. We follow each other. I, I, I have. Yeah, Sean <laughs> told me about it. <laughs> oh, Sean, Sharon warned you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him and Dre, I think him and Dre came on here. They said, you know, they want a yeah. recount, a rematch. They didn't do too good, man. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, this is the first one of the year for season two, man. So I, I, I do the hokey trivia. I get to ask you and Mike. We have four questions. Mike throwing a bonus question. Um, but before I do that, let me shout out our sponsors, Alexandra Restaurant Partners, man. They have a lot of restaurants in Northern Virginia and Orlando. We're sponsored by them. Shout out to our guy, Wynn. Me as Italian Kitchen, the Majestic. Aiders on the River, Touchdown Wings and Burgers. A lot of them, High Tide Lounge. For more information about their restaurants, make reservations, and check out what they offer as far as careers, private events, and to sign up for offers, check them out at www.alexandrarestaurantpartners.com. So we appreciate them. This is the second year in a row they sponsored us, man. So, Corey, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, man. So I'm going to start with you first. All right. So the first question is this. Which former Virginia Tech quarterback holds the record for the most passing yards in a single game with 527 yards? All right. That's 527 yards in one game. Is it A? <laughs> yeah, 527. <laughs> What you saying, cuz? It won't you. It won't me. He was yeah, you was running Bonnie and Clyde and Helen. <laughs> yeah, man. Earl and Lewis. We, look, I, I told my son Isaiah, man, my only son. I got two girls and a son. Zay, when he watched our old games, he was like, damn, man, y'all running the ball on third and six and getting first down. <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, we were concerned, but it worked. Offense. It worked. We were it physical. Worked. It worked. So 527 yards in one game. Is it A, Brian Randall, B, Logan Thomas, C, Don Strzok, or D, Ryan Willis? 527 yards in one game. Well, my, uh, initial, my initial thought was um, Randall, but then could be Logan. I mean, offense just wasn't that good in the last regime, so I don't think it was the other guy. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with Randall. Brian Randall. All right, I'm right down. Corey is going with Brian Randall. 
Mike, what you got? So again, the choices are Brian Randall, Logan Thomas, Don Strock, and Ryan Willis. I remember Brian Randall having some big games, and I think he was one of the guys, one of the first quarterbacks to ever throw for 500 yards in a game um, for Virginia Tech. So I'm going to go with Brian Randall. Well, let me just tell you guys both this. That's not a bad answer because he was second all time. He had that great game, if you remember, in the carrier dome where he threw yeah. several touchdowns. I think Brian, him and Ernest yeah. Wolford went off. Yeah, um, yeah shout yeah, out to I Ernest Wolford. But it wasn't him. It was the great Don Strzok with 527. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yes, in 1972, he threw for 527 yards. Wow. Okay. Right. It's crazy, I'm okay man. With that. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's out. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go back even further now. This is going to be crazy. I can't wait to see y'all faces with this one. <laughs> I got to do the build-up for our show. All right, Mike, I'm going to start with you since I did Corey first. Um, last question. Which of the following Virginia Tech players holds the records for the most tackles in a game with 31 tackles in one game? What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> is, wow. it, is it A, George Del Rico? Is it B, Rick Razzano? All right, or is it C, Jerry Sheehan, or D, Ben Taylor? This player had 31 tackles in one game. See, I would have thought it was uh, Vince Hall because he was a little tackling machine. <laughs> he Well, I'm not even going to say that because I can't give clues. <laughs> <laughs> ben Taylor was a tackling machine, too. Ben Taylor was a tackling machine, but I don't know. It might be that you, first guy you name. You say so George Del Rico – you saying George Del I think Rico? It was George Del Rico. All right, Mike's going with Del Rico. Corey, who you got? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ben Taylor. Right. Corey, I I, I don't I, I think that was a great choice. Both Ben Taylor and George D. Rico are great linebackers. I played well. Ben was there when I was on my way out, and Del Rico played with me. He was an animal. But it wasn't him. It wasn't either. The correct answer is Jerry Sheehan in 1977 Man. had 31 tackles against Wayman Mary. Wow. 31. Now, his was crazy. His teammate, Rick Rosano, is second all time with 30 in 1977 against Kentucky. Wow. Tackling the same. <laughs> <But> you <laughs> got to remember. Did yes. any one of them play in the pros? Um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I, there were a lot of guys uh, from the previous regime that were there with pride, and I didn't get a chance to talk to them all, man. But, you know, they back should've. then, to be fair, they weren't running the spread back then. One of them, Mike Vicks and Lamar Jackson's running around <laughs> back then. Not. It was all power and counting. All right. All right, here we go. All right. Which form of Virginia Tech – we know about – we know about Jerry Boykin, and we know about Antonio Freeman. They both with the Packers. Antonio Freeman's been on the show our first year. All-time great with Green Bay and Virginia Tech. Baltimore City legend. They both played for the Packers. Which other former Virginia Tech wide receiver played pro football for the Green Bay? This is a hard one. I'm not going to lie. Is it Max McGee, Boyd Dowler, Ron Kramer, or Carol Dale? <laughs> You're going to have to just guess. Carol Dale. Ron Kramer, Boy Dowler, or Max McGee? He played for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, see, the double M. Curl name sounds for uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> I remember him because he's a legend. Um, but I'm gonna go with Kramer. All right, Corey's going with Kramer. <laughs> Educated guess. 
<laughs> I'm going with double M. I'm acting like I know him. Oh, Max McGee, you said that with confidence. You said that with confidence. like I know him. Hey, Glory, you had the right answer. You changed it. It was Carol Dale. Oh, wow. Carol Dale. He played for the Hokies. He was drafted by uh, the Rams in 1960, 86 overall, and then began oh, traded to the Packers. Was known for his speed. He uh, had a historic run, led the Packers to three consecutive NFL championships. Uh, he also, which included Super Bowls one and two. So that joker played in the first two Super wow. Bowls. He I should remember that. I, I knew yeah. he's legendary. Yes, yeah, he played, yeah. yeah, he played uh, eight seasons with the Packers, later with the Vikings. Uh, retired with 438 receptions, over 8,000 yards receiving, and 52 touchdowns, and four rushes for 30 yards. So Is shout he in out the to Pro Football Hall of Fame? I don't know, and I, you know, I do this research, and I just cut it off sometimes to get my my trivia questions. So, okay, um, I don't know, um, but I did when I kind of looked him up, and I saw, yeah, I, I've heard of him, but. I didn't know if y'all had, but you had the answer, Corey. Yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard of the heads. So he's a legend. Yeah, all right. I think y'all might get this one. All right, let's <laughs> see. I don't know. I don't know. All right, question number four. Which former Hokies D lineman is tied with Bruce Smith and J.C. Price with four quarterback sacks in a single game? This, this D lineman is tied with four sacks. Is it A, Jason Worlds? B, John Engelberger, C. Ricky Walker, D. Morgan Rome, or E. Danny Will. That's worlds. Uh, that's that's worlds. You saying it's saying it's worlds? Yeah. Okay. Corey's going worlds. It's not Danny Will. The Will. <laughs> no, Danny Will. That's why you put him at E, bro. <laughs> I thought, was I thought you went A, B, C, D. Yeah, I always thought. Was that the bonus? Yeah, no, that ain't the bonus instantly one. Omit, instantly omit that. All right, so um, Corey is going with Jason Worlds. Um, all right, and Mike, I'm gonna again, go with the options with Engelberger. All right. Once again, you guys are close, but no cigar. The correct answer is Morgan Rome. He had wow. four against women Mary in 1985. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Engelberger. Um, it's crazy because you know if you think about it, the D lines with Engelberger and Corey on them, they had they all ate. Everybody ate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like you know, yeah. if you got two, yeah, but it's four. You know because you know that's back when Coach Wiles was rotating one group yeah. in the next group in. I mean, we were deep, man, and they were, they were yeah. fun to watch versus block, man. Oh, look, before we wrap up, I give you a bonus question. All right, here we go. There's a bonus question. I got to get um, one right, man. <laughs> got to get one. We, what okay. is the name of the Virginia Tech Hokies marching band? All right, we spent all that time in that stadium. You probably were focused, but you, you just think back. Take it back. Visualize when you were warming up. I'm going to get this. Get ready to go. Um, what was the name of the Virginia? It's still the same name. What is the Virginia the name of the Virginia Tech Hokie marching band? Is it A, the Marching Virginians, B, the Prada Virginia, C, Virginia Tech Marching Troop, D, Spirit of Virginia Tech Band? Is it the Marching Virginians, Prada Virginia, VT Marching Troop, or Spirit of the VT brand? It's the Marching Virginians. All right, Mike is going with the Mike. Oh, God. Marching Virginians, I remember. All right. right. I, I think that's right, too. All right. All right. 
You guys got one. <laughs> okay, about time. <laughs> and guess what? And guess what? I guessed that one. <laughs> man, no, I, oh, man. I actually remember shout out, that. Shout one. out to the March of Virginians, man. Yeah, yeah, man. No, man. Hokey Trivia is always a great time, man. Thank you both for that. And also, Alexandra Restaurant Partners. But no, um, you know, when you do the trivia, man, Virginia Tech, like a lot of great universities, are rich in tradition and history, man. And you guys are both yep. part of that. All three of us are, man. Um, before yep. we wrap up, Corey. I know you fit this in your schedule, and Mike and I both have a lot, man, but we love doing this, especially having great guys on like you. This is a time in the show where we take a few moments. You can We call it our Hokie shout-out segment. You can take a moment to shout-out anybody you want, um, a teacher, professor you had at Blacksburg, um, someone that mentored you, a teammate, a coach, whatever. It can even be a janitorial staff, a cafeteria worker, whatever someone, excuse me, someone you want to show love to right now with Virginia Tech, man. So, uh, Corey, I'll let you go. I'm, I'm going to shout out uh, uh, Professor Nikki Giovanni. Mm. Uh, I had her nice. for, for classes uh, during my time at Virginia Tech. And, uh, man, she was wonderful. She really helped uh, shape my sense of understanding uh, being a Black man at a predominantly white institution and my responsibility to be aware of my surroundings, but being true to who I am. And, you know, some of the conversations that we've had, uh, that we had during that time still sticks with me to this day because, you know, I work in higher ed now and uh, representation is, is everything. And so um, I try to pass some of that on to, to, to the brothers that I work with. And, um, and you know, it's, it's not many. Wow. If they're not athletes, it's, it's not many. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've got all of her books. I've actually got one that she signed for me, um, book of portraits and whatnot. So I'll shout, shout her out. And then, um, it was a, another black history, uh, professor. I think he's passed away now. I'm pretty sure he's passed away. Remember he, I can't remember his name. He wore all black and, uh, he was mm. a real big fan of Johnny Cash. He was the man of Dr. Woody Farrar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my right, man. Yep. That was my man, Dr. Farrar. Remember, he wore the all black cowboy. Dr. Farrar. Yeah. And black is what we called him or whatnot. Yeah, I, I want to say he was from DC, um, but I took a couple classes with him as, as well. He taught a, uh, a sports history cor uh, course that I took. That's awesome, man. Nikki nice. Giovanni. Nice. I, I oh, got Nikki. it. It's a Hokey Pharmacy. Um, my guy, Jeremy. So when you get to a home game, South Maine, they, they support Victory Life, my practice, my business. And he sent me a picture one time. Nikki Giovanni was rocking a Victory Life shirt, man. It meant the world to me, man. So I had her in the class. Now, my class, when I had her, was off the chain. We had William Flowers, oh, yeah. Engelberger, Brad Baylor. <laughs> so I seeing them stand up and sing, let the voices sing, because it was Black yeah. History Month. And Nikki, <laughs> Engelberger was like, <laughs> Engelberger was like, I don't know what y'all got me doing. <laughs> but, uh, Nikki, Nikki was, was cool, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, she's a real one. And uh, she still yeah. she still remembers everybody that she had, even yeah. non-athletes, everybody, yeah. man. Uh, Corey, before I get the mic shout out, you mentioned, uh, I'm, I want you to make sure people know this. You, you are an educator, right? You're, you're, you're uh, teaching. What do you got going on? Yeah. Well, right now I'm at, I work at the University of Kentucky. Um, started this summer as assistant dean of students uh, for the College of Nursing. But prior to that, I was at the University of Memphis um, working for their College of Nursing as their uh, primary uh, nursing administrator. So handling the different processes for the nursing students there. But prior to that, I spent 13 years at Michigan State 
um, working in academic advising, really? orientation, yeah. student leadership. So, wow. you, know, you know, I've just kind of been under the under the radar and, it, and, and you know, during those times, what's important to me, still mentoring young athletes. Um, and, you know, I stay on them hard. Like I'm building some connections with some of the football players here at, at UK. And I, I've been impressed by how humble some of them are. Like, you know, Coach Marl, um, you know, he played for the Buffalo Bills and he's the uh, one of the coaches on the coaching staff, tight end coach or whatnot. And we built a connection and he's introduced some of the guys uh, to me. And they're just humble and respectful. And some of them have come back. You know, one of the first thing they say is um, when I tell them I played at Virginia Tech and then they said they come back to me and they said, oh, you played with Vic. You was OK or whatnot. And then some of them will come back and say. You you were good. Vic was good, but you was good. And I was like, okay. you know? but you know, whenever I say Virginia Tech, people always associate that with uh, with Vic. And then you know, when they found out I played with Vic, that's like you was you was okay too. <laughs> you know, and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. So humble, man. No, that's what's up, man. And and thank you for all you do. I mean, I'm I I really I know I speak for a lot of people. I appreciate. It. I'm glad you spoke on that because I was on a radio show recently and I said, you know, the one thing about Beamer and his coaches, Coach Height and all the guys that we play for, you know, we all had great athletic careers, but we're also mentors and professors and coaching. And, and Mike is doing so much mentoring himself. I'm doing the same thing. And that's the influence of having those life skills and the discipline. Because I'll send some fans on Twitter, man, Beams gave me a Wednesday morning for having my shirt untucked, bro. I, mean, I, had to get, I was like, I was one minute late and had my shirt untucked and for a road game. So I hated it then, but I understand now the importance of, you know, just time management, man. But Mike, uh, let me, you let got me, for, let me, oh, let me shout out. Let me shout out Coach Wiles because I still keep in contact with Coach Wiles. And I tell everybody this when I get a ch whenever I get a chance. My life would not be what it is today if Coach Wiles didn't believe in me. He was the wow. first um, college coach that really believed in me. And even when he left Murray State and went to Virginia Tech, he still saw something in me and bought my little small skinny butt to Virginia Tech. I thought he was crazy. I didn't think I could play there. He's like, show me Cornell. He's like, you Cornell can do this. You can do this. I believe in him. So let me shout out Coach Wiles. I know he's at uh, NC State. We keep in contact. Will always be my guy. Always have a special place in my life, special place in my heart, because without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I truly believe that because he gave me an opportunity to play at, at Virginia Tech. And I'll shout out Coach Foster, too, because, you know, I still believe, uh, remember the, the conversations um, as I developed as a player and Coach Foster, um, you know, believing in me and, you know, telling me I was going to be special. I was going to be Virginia Tech's freak like Javon Curse and I. I didn't believe it at that time, but he just told me, do your thing. And so, you know, he believed in me. Coach Beamer obviously believed in me. So I'm just, I'm just, you asked about my time at Virginia Tech. I'm just thankful that, you know, I have good coaches, good teammates. And then obviously my teammates believed in me because I was a little pissant. You know how I was, very irritable, moody at times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all good, though. Yeah, good. look, hey, Mike, I know you about to give a shout out. I remember, I remember we were upstairs. We played, I don't know, we call it jailhouse basketball. It'd be the old line and D line and linebackers. I think Corey was pledging at the time, but man, he went off. Man, I don't know who fouled him, and he just <laughs> took the trash can and tore it. This is when the lock new locker room was being built, and Corey just lost it and threw the trash. 
It was like, that's the thought. I don't even remember. Just Jamel, Jamel was like, hey, cuz, calm down. <laughs> and Corey went crazy. I mean, he just went off like Dennis Rodman, and we just like, he looked like Draymond Green. But you know, man, like, it was nothing because we were growing up together. We were all brothers, man. It was so much fun. It was also looking back, man. Looking back, it was dangerous, man. You couldn't, you couldn't go in that game. You talking about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, nah, Mike, what you got? Who you got for your shout out, man? Uh, my shout out, man. I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, one of Corey Moore's counterparts, Corey Bird, man. We can't forget about yeah, Corey Bird, man. Yeah. Smooth, cool, calm, collected, hard worker. Yeah. He was patient, you know, and he was a hell of a barber. Like he yeah. can cut too. Like yeah. if, if you ain't get if you ain't got Corey lining you up, you somewhere getting your your, your line pushed back for sure. But wow. as a football player, Corey Moore was one of those guys who was diligent in his work, no nonsense. And I think that's what that's what we got. That's what we got to get back to. We got to get to having those type of guys, guys blue collar come in and get the job done they work hard and um they hold everybody accountable around them they ain't really got to say much quiet leaders but he was a good dude man great person and anybody who had a chance to know Corey Bird knew that um he, he wasn't just a good football player man that he was a cool dude inside and out so yeah man I just don't want to forget about some of the Hokies who you know was who played an integral part in our success over the years and he was one of those guys who was a cornerstone on the defense, at, at, you know, yeah. during his years. No, no, no question. Tough as nails, too, Bird. man. Tough as nails. Yeah. Bird, Bird was my yeah. guy. Bird was my, my first roommate when I first got to Virginia Tech. And Dwight, I don't know if you remember that, remember this, but our first year there, we had an incident in the dorm um, over Thanksgiving break. You remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how. Yes. That's, that's, and so it, it, it led to a lasting. Uh, friendship and relationship with uh, police officer Miss Laverne, who was a police officer at the time. But um, basically, Corey Bird had a, a class with the female, and the female had a jealous boyfriend, and he Jesus. went to stalking both of us. And just so oh happened God. that he found out where, what dorm we were in, and the room that we were in, and he came to our room uh, to the dorm with the machete. <laughs> wow. All the yes, other, yes. All the other students were, were gone at the time. And, um, <laughs> yeah. we're on Thanksgiving break. So y'all wasn't hard to find. It wasn't hard to find. And so what <laughs> happened was, and this was middle of the night, like we had you know, been doing our thing, practice, having fun, enjoying each other's company, playing video games. And normally, Bird and I would leave our, you know how uh, Cochran Hall is, we would leave our room door uh, unlocked, just close it while we sleep or whatnot. So that night, um, I got up, I used the restroom, and I just subconsciously just locked the door. Well, Josh Redding, who was our sweet man, <laughs> was still up at the time. So when the guy barged into the dorm room and, and, and started beating on our door, Josh comes out of his room and says something to the guy. The guy pulls out this big machete, and Josh just went back to minding his business. <laughs> so yeah. I wake Bird up, and he's like, I know you in that court, and we looking at each other like, what you want he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Accusing us of messing with this girl. And I was like, 
I ain't messing with this girl <laughs> or whatnot. <laughs> so I'm we ain't. Uh, I'm glad we here talking. I'm glad we here talking to this. Day. Right, right. This and we <laughs> and so I I'm next to the phone and I call you know the campus police and they rush over there. By that time, you know the guy exited the building. Building, but look, Miss Laverne, who's on duty, she spots the guy and was able to to get him. And he had some um some mental health issues going on, I believe, at that time. Or Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that, that's that's a, a, a story I don't share with many people. But man, if I hadn't gotten up and um, you know, locked it, I used to restroom. If I hadn't gotten up and yeah. locked the door, you know, tell him yeah. what would I, man, you know, whatnot. Thank God. Josh had the Josh Josh Redden had the worst luck, man. Josh was always in the middle of something, just trying to be. That a, was my a guy. Yeah, a good, a good, a good. Dude. Actually, me and Josh been texting. Um. Here lately, we're going because he's a he's working in mental health like me, so we trying to link up. Um, I want to give a couple of shout outs to two people you guys both know very well that play with us. The first one is uh Pearson Prelo, man. Um, I saw Pearson is a great guy, great father, just a phenomenal person. You know, it means a lot to me to see. I I I feel blessed when I whether it's Mike when he calls me and says I'm doing this and you know, seeing him renew his vows and seeing him with his sons. I'm blessed by Corey, you doing what you're doing and shine all the, even the guys before me, Cornell's coaching. Pearson came, we graduated together because I read shirt. He played as a true freshman and then we left and then he, we reconnected when I was in Northern Virginia, still in Northern Virginia, when he was um, playing with the Washington now commanders, then the Redskins. And he would come by the house and me and my wife would see him at Fair Oaks Mall. And then we always stayed in contact. Then he went to Radford and he coached. And he's one of those guys that has really earned his way and earned his keep coaching. And now yeah. he's a safeties coach. I mean, he and he it's not easy. It's not easy coaching. And, and shout out to his wife, because it's not easy being a coach's wife. And now his son's on the team making plays. Yeah. One of his sons. And, you know, I was up there in Blacksburg doing some stuff with ACC football network. And Pearson jumped on my other podcast and when I, when me and Mike were trying to do something there this spring, but it couldn't work out, he was like, yo, D, let me know what you and Mike need. I got you. And the players are going to benefit from him because when I played with him, he's one of, you talk about Corey Bird, same kind of guy, Pearson, two of the best defensive minds and players in Virginia Tech football history. And I'm glad Pro has him on the staff because he can recruit, but more importantly, those men, very similar to what Lauren Johnson doing and Shane and those guys that have come from that Beamer coaching tree are going to do. Pearson is doing the same thing. And I'm happy they were able to keep him on staff. Um, big fan of Pearson. And then you laugh when I said his name earlier, Jamel Smith, my South Carolina dog. Jamel Smith, I, I, he's either coach. I know he's in South Carolina, but um, is he? I don't know if he's coaching high school. or co I think it's high school or college. but I think he's back on the high school level now. High school. And I just saw him on Instagram and Facebook jumping up and down with his team. They got their first win in forever. Uh, wow. Their first win. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the whole history behind it, man. But seeing Jamel coach and knowing, you know, what me and him have been through, our wild times in Blacksburg. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you know about me and Jamel. <laughs> so I'm so glad we didn't have Twitter and IG and Snapchat Ooh. back then yes. because we went through some stuff. We wouldn't but have survived. Yes, <laughs> but just wanted to shout out those South Carolina guys, man, um, Jamel Smith and Pearson Prelo. Seeing all the guys make an impact, but both those guys 
are doing a great job with young men. And I wish I could shout out so many others, but we got other shows. So, gentlemen, yeah. this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, season two, episode one is in the books. Corey, on behalf of the um, behalf of the Vic Seven Five Seven show, we want to thank you for jumping on. I know you're a busy man, but we thank appreciate you. you. We well, run I, this to fans; they're gonna be happy. I, I appreciate, appreciate your presence, inviting me on. It was really, really good to uh, you know connect with you guys. You guys took me back down memory lane because I I'll be honest with you, I don't remember a lot. It, uh, most <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to remember yeah. stuff. So it was good catching up with you guys and walking back down memory lane. I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm hoping to get back to a couple games this year. I've talked with uh, yes, yes, in LA or whatnot because I want to support Coach Coach Pry because um, he's yeah. my guy. You know, he was a defensive line GA when I was there. He believed in me. You know, um, so I want to support him. But then, like you said, Pearson, Pearson, I had so much respect. Pearson was one of those guys I looked up to because he played the way I played. Always told he was too small, but you couldn't measure the heart. And so we had a Kendrick spirit, a bond on, on defense. We played on the same side. You know, we went to the to the, the wide side of the field in our defense and whatnot. So I can always count. If I screwed up, Mr. Tackle, he was there cleaning it up or whatnot. And I'm, I'm happy that, like you said, Vic, that he has a chance to be back there and coach. Those guys are going to yeah. benefit for him because you talk about understanding culture and what it takes, but more importantly, um, the hard work that it takes. Because um, now yep. these guys come out and, you know, uh, four or five stars and, you know, they think it's going to be handed to them or whatnot. And I hate this transfer portal. Um, I ain't going to even get on my soapbox. With this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were truly about working hard, supporting each other, and, and waiting our time. And in today's college football, you don't see that. And then you see all this conference realignment um, is really about – um, the money, no real concern about the student welfare, and those type of issues bother me. I'm doing research on a lot of those issues and stuff mm -hmm. like that because I'm more concerned about helping these kids uh, prepare for life after football because it's not going to last long, the reality of it is. And, and what they need to understand, yeah. only a small percentage get a chance to play professionally. And then on top of that, professional careers don't last long. So we got to have some type of trade-off and help these guys truly understand the value of education because to me, education is the great equalizer um, or whatnot. And you see with, with decisions driven by money and some of these big time programs, um, they don't really care about these guys if they if they graduate. They put on the dog yeah. on the show and act like they do, but they don't really care. Yeah. 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 Well said, Corey. And I'm with you, man. And whatever we can do to help you with your movement, we will. Brothers for life, man. Hokies for life, man. And to all our fans that support the Vic 757 show, make sure you get on here, subscribe to our channel on Spotify and YouTube. Make sure you check us out every week during the season. We're going to have more great guests and Hokie legends like Corey Moore, my guy, my brother, a.k.a. C. Murder. I guess we can't say that now. We've grown cancel culture. Anyway, <laughs> Tech takes on ODU Friday night, man, at ODU, man. Make sure it's on ESPNU. Make sure, Hokies, you get there. If you're in person, Drive safe getting down there. If you're watching on TV, drink responsibly wherever you at. And be careful, man. Make great memories, man. And like we say every episode, go Hokies. Absolutely. Salute, my brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.